Hey everyone, it's George Kuros with another episode of the Innovators Mindset Podcast. Really pumped to have my friend Jennifer Cassatod. She is the author of Social Media and amazing educator in the Ontario um, area. Does some really incredible things and I've known uh, Jennifer for quite a while and uh, we have really great conversations online. We have great conversations offline and uh, she's kind of like a sister to me. We tend to argue quite a bit but I think one of the things we respect each other is that we actually have a lot of different uh, beliefs and thinking and we try to push each other, but we're always trying to do it to kind of figure out, you know, what's best for kids. And if you haven't read social media, I really highly encourage it, especially, um, especially in the world today, all the stuff that's happening and really Jennifer really tries to elevate kids. So they're, they're actually finding opportunities that we didn't actually have to do really incredible things. So it's, I, I, I'm biased to recommending it because I also wrote the forward, but I wrote the forward because I loved it so much. So Jennifer, thanks for, thanks for being on. Can you just kind of introduce yourself and, and, and tell us a little bit about your career in education? Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for having me because today was just the best day. I was able to shower. I had a reason to get up <laughs> shower and put some makeup on. So I could chat with you today and it's always a super, super pleasure. So my official role is teacher librarian at Cardinal Carter Catholic High School in Aurora. I'm a former literacy consultant. Um, in my role as teacher librarian, I support teachers with literacy and technology enabled learning. Um, I'm also the lead organizer for a digital citizenship summit that's happening, well, it was supposed to be in person, but now it's happening online on April 18th. Um, one of the professional learning um, board members for the ISTE Librarians Network. Um, what else do I do? I'm a Google certified innovator, and so um, in that role, I'm the Google Educator Group leader for Ontario, and we put out, out um, some learning for teachers as well. And then I'm a mom of <laughs> two teens um, and a wife to a, a great, great guy, uh, Stuart, who's an administrator. So, and, and my passion is to really celebrate kids, like you said, and empower kids. I'm working on a, a Google project around that a student digital leadership playbook. I don't know what it's going to look like yet. I have a book called Raising Digital Leaders that's going to be published by DBC in the summer and uh, co-authored a children's book with my very good friend Lee Castle, who you know as well, mm -hmm. and that's going to be published this summer as well. And we have uh, a student who did the illustrations for it, and she's amazing. So keeping busy. That's awesome. Hey, tell me about the, you said the Digital Citizenship Summit. I know that you and I um, have a strong be belief that things have to go beyond the idea of digital citizenship. So can, can you talk a little bit about that? For sure. Um, so a few years ago, I was invited to the Digital Citizenship Institute at Twitter headquarters, and I met Mary Alice Curran, and it sort of planted a seed for me to have a day where we just talk digital citizenship. Um, and, and, you know, our, and my slant is always digital leadership. Um, and then last year, we had our first in-person conference. It was amazing. It was an opportunity to really, you know what you were talking about, you and I talking all the time mm -hmm. and challenging thinking, and, and it was really an opportunity to do that. We're no longer affiliated with them, the Digital Citizenship Institute. We sort of decided, like in Ontario, we wanted to go in a different direction, but we are um, focusing on the positive use of technology, um, asking questions, supporting teachers with um, pr proactive ways um, to ensure that we're using technology and social media to make the world a better place. So that's what 
the in-person conference is all about. And I'll be honest, we're really struggling with what, what the, the bit, what the virtual equivalent to this is going to be because mm. people are tired. Like I, you know, my staff is overwhelmed and we're on screens more than we ever have been before. So we're still hoping that it's an opportunity to have some focused discussions. We're using um, YouTube live stream as well as zoom. Um, Zoom is sort of a little bit more intimate a place to have conversations about things. One of the sessions is going to be called Help I'm New to Virtual Learning. What, what do I need to know? How, you know, can you help me? Um, and we've got, we're putting together a really good lineup for the day. Well, I think one of the, like I, I've done a lot of work with students on the idea of digital leadership. And I remember distinctly I was in, I think it was in Wisconsin and they introduced me and what they actually said was, hey, this guy is from Canada and he talks a lot about digital citizenship. So we really want you to pay attention. And I actually remember there was like a, a, a like an audible groan from the kids. They're like, oh God, like this again. And so I think what they were expecting from me was for the next hour, I was going to say like, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. And actually after... Um, I remember actually one of the kids tweeted, like, I was not expecting this at all. And I'm just pleasantly surprised an adult is actually showing me the power and the positives of what we as kids can do. And so I know that one of the things that you do really well is you really have curated a ton of really great stories of kids currently, not in the future, currently doing really incredible Things. Is there any like one in particular that maybe like sticks in your mind of, of something you can highlight? Yeah, well, a couple of things. So one of the things I didn't mention is that I'm an adult mentor for something called the Global Ed Student Chat. And so this is a group of students that I help mentor along with uh, Michael Drezik and Lee Castle. And they're coming to the virtual summit. They're going to do a simulation of what our Global Ed Student Chat is all about. These kids are incredible. I mean, they don't have a million followers, but they're kids who are talking about topics that are important to them. They're creating questions. They're having conversations. We bring in experts um, and they really are leading the way in positive ways. And so I'm, I'm so excited always to showcase them and celebrate them. Um, and you can find them if you look at the hashtag global ed, E-D-S-S -S, uh, chat. And just recently I have found a, a group of kids if you look at the hashtag at stay in, play in, so S -A, stay in and then play in, mm -hmm. it just was created for COVID, right? Um, a group of young people, it's youth leading other youth to beat boredom. And every day, these kids are creating opportunities for other kids um, online. They have video, they're hosting videos, they're doing science experiments. It's amazing, and that's what digital leadership is all about. These are kids that know how to um, leverage social media in positive ways. They're learning and sharing learning with each other, and they're just every student that has been um, showcasing stuff. I've been following them and, and shouting out to them as often as I can because I think they're, they're pretty amazing. Well, and like I, I think that, and I, I love that idea, and I think it's really, really powerful, but they, a lot of times what, we focus on in schools and what I've seen is don't, don't, don't. And we don't talk about those opportunities, right? And we don't talk about highlighting those things. And for me, like I, I try to say like, Hey, what, what we're doing is we're actually starting with the high expectations. And I've seen schools do this where they talk about cyberbullying and they have a hundred percent focus on that. And I always ask like, okay, what is the best result of this action? 
the, the best result of this action is don't be horrible people. And as long as you're not horrible, we'll be fine. And I'm like, well, that's a, that's a really low bar. And, and one of the things uh, I was talking to Michelle Baldwin, I know a mutual friend of ours. She said something to me is that like, basically people can't, uh, can't actually visualize don't. And what I, what she meant by what she, she kind of explained that to me. So for example, if I said to you, don't walk, you probably don't visualize sitting. You probably visualize walking. Right. And what I've, learn through that process is that when we tell kids don't sometimes we actually put ideas of like horrible things they should do right and as opposed to like hey here's things you should do here's things that are opportunities and i, and I, I just love that you know that shift and the stories that you're sharing because i think right now i'm hoping that a lot of schools that have been focusing on this are finding ways for kids to do this and i, I wonder what your thought about this i saw um basically someone tweeted that they were doing zoom and one kid like screen captured it and posted on zoom or posted on TikTok and was like making fun or whatever. So they just, that was it. They just shut it down. They're not, so they're not doing that anymore. So like what, what advice would you give in that situation where a kid does something wrong? How would you, how would, it, how would you deal with that if you were the administrator in that position? Well, I mean, you, you raised so many important points. I've been to far too many uh, parent talks where the focus is negative and then we have no ideas. That, I, I've seen the same tweets, people, even even on my staff, like I'm, I'm getting emails as we're talking now, um, you know, do I have to have the video on? There's such a fear, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I, I get that. I really get that. But it's like, it's like collaborating and communicating in person. Kids don't naturally know how to do that. They don't naturally know how to behave online. Some of them do, some of them don't. But isn't it up, up to us as teachers to set up norms? And so one of the things, and I'm working on something um, in collaboration with my board right now, and your, your brother actually has created a really cool document in, uh, for Saskatchewan. It's digital citizenship in Saskatchewan mm -hmm. schools, but it's moving from acceptable use, those long, you know, no one understands it, to responsible use. So the first time you meet online, it might be a bit of a mess, <laughs> but then you say, okay, guys, like we're going to be here. Like we're a community. What are some of the things that we need to, to bear in mind when we're together? Well, you know, let's make sure we, we, are in a space where the rest of our we can't see the rest of our family or let's make sure that when we want to say something that everybody sort of looks at them or just to create and establish norms we do it every month we get together with our global ed student chat group and i have to say in the three years that we have run that and it's open like it's open to the world anyone can jump in like that's always in the back of my mind right before we go live i'm like at any point someone could come in and be awful and they never have because the kids are very explicit about what are the norms and expectations of us learning and working together. And, and then it works. And it works. I mean, I've never had an issue in my own class. I mean, we have, I have kids use cell phones all the time because mm -hmm. we're not one-to-one. -one. So I say, okay, guys, the, you know, what are the, we're going to be using our cell phones today. What are some of the ground rules we should, we should bear in mind? And then we just continue that every time they meet with me, I've never had an issue. Well, like, I wonder, you know, was, like, what message are we actually sending to our kids when like, hey, when something goes wrong, we face adversity, we're shutting it all down. That actually puts a lot of power in like any one kid's individual hands. 
but we don't do that with other things. So like if there's a fight on the playground, we don't shut the playground down. Right. Like I, I just, I, I find that interesting. And I, I think like we have to expect this. I don't think any kid um, gets better with the stuff from a lack of teaching. Right. Like I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I think, and that's been ever, I think sometimes when I talk with groups, they'll say the reason we're kind of in this mess with some of these kids is because we didn't teach, not because we overtaught, Right. And I think that's a really crucial thing. I'm curious, you said something, and I think a lot of people are going through this, and I wonder what's going to change, right? Like your, your district, your, your, your school board's not one-to-one. I don't, like, I don't know if do you foresee a future where they say, like, hey, maybe we knew – because, like, honestly, I, I've said this several times. I don't think any board doesn't have the money to get a Chromebook in every kid's hand. You're going to have to refocus where you spend your money. You have to get rid of stuff. But you don't have to buy as much paper if every kid has a Chromebook. So that being said, I, I think things are going to change, but you're in a situation where you have a bunch of kids who do not have access to like the uh, same laptop. What, what are you, how are you doing? Like, how are you um, ensuring that every kid has high quality opportunities for learning in your board right now in that well, situation? Yeah. It's so interesting that you say that because sometimes I, you and I have had this conversation before, like we've been talking about this stuff for five years, right? And now people are starting to realize this, the digital equity has been a conversation that educators have had forever. Mm -hmm. And now we've come to this realization that I have kids who don't have a device, but also who are in a rural setting who don't have access to Wi-Fi at all. This has been the case for a long, long time. Um, So I think that definitely it's magnified the problem. I know that at our school board, I think the whole province of Ontario has started to focus on finding out who those kids are um, finding out what their needs are. And then I know some, I don't know what the actual plan is. I don't want to misspeak here, but getting devices into the hands of kids and being creative about getting Wi-Fi into the hands of kids. I think that's definitely been the approach that we've taken here. And the other thing is so many teachers have been afraid about social media and you and I have talked so often about mm-hmm. the, some of the amazing opportunities, right? To connect with other like-minded educators or not like-minded educators, people who will challenge your thinking. Um, but and there have been so many authors and celebrities that have donated their time, zoos, um, museums that have now gone virtual and it's all on social media. And so what are the new norms around this? And then what happens in September when we're back in school? Does that mean we don't recognize that social media was a place for learning? I think it's going to, we're going to have questions about that as well, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like I was just thinking, so I I'm, I'm, I'm might be saying this wrong. And, and this is so long ago, but when I first came to Alberta, they had a thing called Supernet and Supernet was basically the government's, um, focus on ensuring that every, every person in Alberta had access to, uh, Wi-Fi. And I think it's actually served us really well because we don't, and like I said, I'm not like, I don't live in a, a rural area. So I'm basing this on what I was told 10 years ago. Um, we don't necessarily have the same Wi-Fi issues because they wanted to make sure that, because you think that if you live in a city, let's be honest, like I grew up in a small town and way more opportunities if you lived in the city. Like if you wanted to learn violin, you, there's violin teachers. If I want to learn violin, I'd have to drive an hour and a half with my parents one way to be able to get a violin lesson. But now because of this access, 
it should actually create multiple opportunities. Now, yeah, I'm not going to drive an hour and a half, but now I could, you know, learn violin through YouTube. I could maybe have like a teacher that teaches me virtually to ensure that every kid, no matter where they live, has the same access of, of other kids. And I think that's, that, that's really, really important to the, to the work that we're actually doing. And so um, I want to, I want to talk to you a little bit about your book, social media and like what, what, uh, tell us a little bit about the book. Tell us kind of what the focus is. And, and I know you've kind of touched on some of the topics here, but just tell us a little bit about social media. Um, sure. Thanks for asking. So it's funny because the book came out in 2017 and I am looking at it right now with the lens of creating an update. But other than statistics, <laughs> there really doesn't need to be an update. Um, the uh, book is divided up um, into areas to support teachers to make meaningful connections using technology and social media. So it's learning with the world, about the world, with the world, and it showcases students who are leading the way in, in many of these cases and teachers that are leading the way in, in these cases. And I know you often say, George, um, if you are, you know, you think you can't do something, find someone who is and find out what they're doing. Right. And so that's really what this book is all about. It's you, what are the courageous conversations that we need to have with IT departments, with parents, with teachers about how learning can be different when you're using social media. And, you know, and if you find some of these obstacles insurmountable, here are lots of different examples of people who are doing just that. Um, So I think um, it's it's a book that's very timely, even though it was published a couple of years. Well, and I'm going to, I'm going to maybe embarrass you a little bit here and just kind of talk about like our connection and we met. Um, years ago, we met a long time ago. Well, I don't say maybe like five, six years ago. I mean, I know we met at a conference, but then I actually keep your board and you and I had some conversations and there's a reason I'm selling this. Cause I think it's actually, I might embarrass you a little bit, but there's a, there's a good reason about this. I remember like you had a Blackberry and you refused to go off of it. And I said, you need to get like an iPhone. Cause there's not like Blackberry is a great business device. Right. And it's Canadian too. Right. We're both Canadian but an iPhone is probably better, can be used as a better learning device. And I also like sat down with you and made you a portfolio and said, like, you need to get going. Like I didn't give you the option. And what I, the the reason I'm trying to share this with you is I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to embarrass you at all. (laughs) But the reason that you know this stuff so well is you didn't just go and like read articles about kids. You actually, and, and what I appreciate is that like, even though you were mad at me at the time, you still did all this stuff. And so you learned this from, uh, from the viewpoint of a learner first, right? You didn't say like, hey, kids, you should do this, even though I don't do any of this stuff. You actually did it first. And I think that was really important in your journeys because you're not talking about like only what you see kids doing. This is from your own perspective of you're actually modeling the stuff that you're expecting from kids. Like, and I think that's a really... I think it's a really important story. Like I think it's because people don't, the reason I'm telling this, people are listening to you. If I didn't share this, they would just say, well, Jennifer has been doing this forever. And so this is just who she is. But I've seen you progress and evolve because you have chosen to do those things. Right. And so like, I don't, do you like want to talk about that kind of that journey like that you've had through this? Cause I know you remember the conversation. I remember like, I know you don't even maybe like me bringing it up, but I actually, I actually think it's kudos to you because it's like you didn't just sit and do nothing. You actually did something with this so you could better help kids. 
Well, a hundred percent. And I think that, um, that, that learner stance is so, so important and it's vulnerability too, right? There were so many things I didn't know. And I remember the first time I ever blogged with kids, they laughed, not at me, but with me, you know, um, because I was willing to learn alongside them. And I think that's the stance we all have to have. Like you're never, ever, ever going to start your journey when you know everything perfectly. There's no way. Like even this, mm-hmm. you know, teachers who are now it, it, embracing this new normal, like virtual teaching when they never had a Google Classroom before or never, never used Google Meet mm-hmm. in their entire lives. You can't wait for it to be perfect. We don't have a choice here. But just embracing that learner stance, surrounding yourself with mentors like you in those early years, and I would say even today, have been such a mentor to me whenever I have a question about something or, you know, I know you've shared resources with me and I've shared them with you. Those are the kinds of people you surround yourself with and then you embark on your journey. And are you going to fall down? A hundred percent. I have fallen down a thousand times. Um, But we can't expect, we can't tell our kids, that's what you said before, we can't tell our kids what to do if we're not going to model it for them. Mm -hmm. And the other thing I think we need to worry, uh, not worry about, is um, we need to think about, there's my daughter in the background. Um, we need to think about um, how, like, how are we showing, how are we listening to kids? How are we validating the kinds of learning that they do outside of school? Because gosh, was my, were my eyes opened when I started to meet some of these kids. And, and my stance in the library would change from, you know, put that away to, is that distracting you or helping you right now? And can you and and when it's helping them, I have learned so much from kids. I think we have to be open to that as well, right? Like learn from smart people that you surround yourself with, be vulnerable, but also listen to kids and value the learning that they're doing. Yeah, I, I think like you kind of alluded to this, you know, when you started, you didn't know everything. But I'll tell you this, right now, this is not just you, it's myself. We don't know everything now either. And I think that's really, it's okay to say like, Hey, like what I've realized over the years is the more I learn, the more I realize I don't know. And I think that is something that's really important. And it's something that we need to be vulnerable with and model. And I I really appreciate like our relationship because I act a little bit um, to you the way my brother acts to me. I give you unfiltered advice. And you get mad at me. My brother does the same thing. He doesn't do like the positive sandwich where he says something nice and then gives you like, and I just like, sometimes it drives me crazy, but it all, I also appreciate it because I like, he's not, he's not, he's just saying like, you need to do this. You need to get better at this. And I think sometimes it's good to have, I think it's good to have those people. Every one of us, you probably don't want it out of everybody. Cause I, I don't know if you could handle, you know, two Georges. More than one George in my life? No. <laughs> No, but, but, you know, and I, but we always like, you always know I'm doing it for the right reasons. And I think that's what matters, right? Like, even when you get frustrated with people, as long as like, you know, I always got your back. And I think we need those people in our lives too. Um, so this is a question I've been asking everybody right now with all the stuff going on, uh, with COVID-19 pandemic, schools changing things, what's the best advice you'd give to educators? Like what's the, the one thing that you really want to get to to educators right now? I think you have to give yourself grace. 
Um, I honestly, like I've heard so many stories, like I know my sister has to work full time. Her daughter is spending so much time on her own. Um, you know, there are some teachers who are homeschooling and doing an amazing job and we can look at those people on social media and we could go, Oh my gosh, I'm doing nothing. Right. Like my poor kids. I think we just have to give ourselves and each other, give ourselves and each other grace, breathe, do the best that we can. And if, tomorrow's a new day and you try again because there is enough stress going on in the world right now without without us trying to put undue stress on each other and on ourselves uh, and I, I really appreciate that and i it reminded me as i listened to you i read an article i've been sharing this and it's interesting because the title of the article um i read the whole article but the title says everything it's, it's basically saying like we're not online teaching we're we're like we're we're not this is an online learning. This is emergency remote teaching. And one of the things, because that's very different, right? And this is actually a really interesting thing that I, I was talking to a school district that is a hundred percent virtual, hundred percent online. So you think, okay, well, who better prepared for this than the school district? And they have had huge issues with things going on right now because the kids their situation at home is changing. You have parents that are out of work. You have parents that are home that are not usually home. Uh, They have some kids who take this virtual academy and some who don't in their own family. And now all of a sudden they have a shared device and their teachers are asking them to be on Zoom at the same time or whatever. So even in a setting where it's online, 100% of the time, they are also struggling because of all these other things like a family, you know, has five kids home all of a sudden is very different. Uh, even if you're online or you were face to face. So I, I really think that we have to give ourselves grace and I, any administrators, like the one thing I've been saying, we got to back off, right? Like check. I, I've been saying this over and over again. Connections is the most important thing. Everything else is a, is second and like a very distant second. And so Jennifer, um, as we wrap up, Thank you for being here, but can you tell people where we can like find you or connect with you? Maybe we can, you know, uh, take a look at the stuff that you've published. For sure. Um, So I blog. Thanks, George. Uh, (laughs) jcassatot.com. I made it for you. I actually made the link for you. (laughs) Yes, you did. I did. Um, And if you go to my parenting page, one of the things that I've done, we've been home for 20 days now. Wow. Um, is I have been posting a daily, I call it my daily connections. So um, just something that gets me up in the morning and it is for parents and of teens or teachers. And it talks about what, you know, what zoos are live streaming, what artists are live streaming. Um, I do that every morning and I have it up before 9.30 a.m. So please check that out, especially if you're looking for alternatives for your kids. Um, and Check out digsit.ca for our virtual digital citizenship summit, April 18th. And then in October, if you're around, um, and I'm online, I'm at Twitter at jcassatod and Instagram as well. jcassatod. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I have one more thing. Go for it. Our family has been hosting a virtual trivia. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta talk about that here. I talk about virtual trivia. Yeah, it's literally <laughs> what gets our family, uh, well, Stuart, let's be honest, Stuart loves to do it. Um, we use uh, StreamYard, so we do a live 
a YouTube stream. You, we've had people who have gotten together with like five other states and they are together on a team. So it's a really great way to connect with other people, but still you're physically distancing. We have six rounds of trivia, three rounds, a break, and then three rounds, including a music trivia. It has been so much fun um, to see people connecting and just stepping away from all Good. the stuff they had to do. So join us. Uh, you can subscribe to my YouTube channel and you'll see us on Tuesday nights at 8 p.m. That's awesome. So for anyone listening, if you are um, uh, listening uh, on SoundCloud or you're watching this on YouTube, I made sure that I listed all the links uh, to everything that Jennifer has talked about in this podcast. But Jennifer, thank you. Uh, I, I asked you to do this literally an hour ago and, and we're doing this now. So uh, thanks for taking the time to do this. Thank you for all your work you do. And thanks for really elevating kids. Because I think that's when we, we want to make sure that we elevate kids in every opportunity that we have. And I just, I love the stories that you share with kids all the time. So thanks everyone for listening. I hope you have a wonderful day. Tell me, what is wrong? Can it be my daylight clothes or is it just my daylight song? What I do ain't make believe. People say I sit and try. But when it comes to being daylight, it's just me, myself, and I.